And welcome to Child Pony Sleep Repeat, a podcast for pony parents where we discuss life after the arrival of children, whether horses are your career, hobby, passion, or just that time to yourself for your mental health. Sometimes it can feel like you will never get back to a new normal, but we will speak to a variety of parents who are learning that it can be done. Hello, Gemma. Hello. Um, so, Gemma, what was your involvement with horses before having children? So I went to college, went to Kingston Ward and studied horses there um, as I decided that I didn't want to go and do A-levels. So mum said I had to go and do something. Um, so that's what I chose. I didn't last very long there. Um, I went on work experience with a lady called Tammy Wheel, who was brilliant. Um, and within two weeks, she said, look, quit your college course and come and have a job here. So I did. It was local. It was brilliant. on a livery yard. Um, and it was everything I really wanted to do. She said she'd put me through my teaching exams, she evented, um, so that's where I went and uh, stayed there for about four years. Um, and then I left there to set up on my own. Um, oh wow, yeah. as an eventer? As an eventer, um, as I'd done all my teaching courses by then as well, um, so I kind of did a bit of teaching for Pony Club. So you built up eventing. a client base as well. Yeah, and I kind of got that when I was at Tammy's, you know, I found quite a few of the horses I was riding, people then be like, oh, you know, on your day off, can you come and school for me? Or, you know, could you take on this? And so I kind of felt that, you know, it was the right time to step out in the big wide world and see what we could do, really, and build a name for myself as we went. Oh, so that's amazing. So that will have taken you up until you were... Until uh, I was about 22, I then decided um, that I had two horses by that stage. Um, and I decided that I wanted to run a yard. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt that, you know, that was the right time. Again, I had enough people, you know, asking, could I take horses in rather than just going to them to work? Um, and then luckily something turned up on the doorstep and I managed to rent eight stables, you know, had a nice school, moved a lot of horses there and then I did kind of hunt deliveries. Um, oh, you were busy all year round then, not busy just eventing all year season. round. Yeah, and I kind of used it as a way to fund my eventing, you know, yes. I kind of had two of my own horses and then I had two that I was riding on behalf of owners. So you had your two superstar boys. Two superstar boys um, and then I had a young horse that I found with a client um, that I'd been schooling. Um, he has hit a certain age, and then I said, "Look, yeah, you know, can you come and live with me?" Which Aww. he did, um, and then I kind of produced him from then on. So I had my four up there, and then I had some hunter liveries just to kind of pay the bills. But it was Put shoes on. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things. You know, it didn't make money, but at the same time, it enabled me to do what I wanted to do with the horses, and, which was all that you know, everyone which wants. Was, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what was your absolute highlight of your? Eventing, uh, my aim was always to ride in top hat and tails. Oh, and fantastic. Yeah, that was my big aim. So I had a really, really good horse um, that, you know, had belonged to a professional. Um, he couldn't keep it sound, so I took it on. Um, and within two years, I took it up to two-star level. Oh. And he was amazing. And I just felt, you know, for me, that was the real thing. That, that was I the moment. Yeah, that was the moment, to, you know, 
put on your first top hat and tails um, and well, enjoy it really. Yeah, enjoy. get measured for it. Yeah, yeah, get measured for it, save for it, work hard for it, you know, learning all about the gallops and, you know, all of those kind of things and mixing with, you know, your idols, your, you know, your pickle funnels. Of course, and that's the amazing thing about yeah. painting. You are knee You're to knee. Of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, and then it was again producing the young horse. I took him up to one star level. So, you know, again, it was it's doing it from scratch, you know, having a baby horse that couldn't even jump across pole oh, wow. and working your way up through the levels, you know, as you go. So, so yeah. for you, were children always on the agenda? No. 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 <laughs> I was young. It's because it's hard to get Young, free and single till I was 25. Um, and then my horses started to kind of get to the age where they were retiring and things like that. And that's when I actually met my uh, husband now. Um, so up until then, men didn't get a look in, children were definitely not on the cards, um, and I was living the kind of young horsey girl life, you know, on the yard at five, till nine o'clock at night, eat, sleep, eat horses, and that was my life really. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> so you do, you actually have two children. Yep. Jessica and Harry. Um, and Jessica loves her ponies. <laughs> Jessica does love her ponies, I've been very lucky. Uh, not that she had much choice, I have to say, from an early age, she was in the pushchair, sat in the middle of the field whilst I was teaching or clipping or, you know, I'd put her in front of my horses whilst I mucked out and they'd entertain her. So from an early age, I think she was in a basket saddle at six months old and that was life and you just get on with it. And luckily for me, she loves horses, whereas Harry doesn't quite share the love for horses. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's happy to sit on and... He's happy to go for a ride. He's happy to go for a ride, but it's He's won at Ellingham Show. Yes, exactly. That was when... (laughs) He's very competitive. I think that was when his sister went on holiday. And I said, oh, Ellingham Show's coming up. You've got a nice pony. And he's like, if I go and win, I'll go. I was like, well, Mummy has scrubbed the pony the best she can. And you have to ask your sister. But, um, yeah, he went and he's quite happy. But... uh, it's funny, boys are, if, if they don't get the opportunity to run fast, jump high straight away. Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of, it's hard for him because obviously Jessica's older and she's very good. Um, so he kind of lives in her shadow. But in that respect, we're very fortunate. I run a livery yard here. Um, and one of my liveries lets her borrow the New Forest Pony, which is actually bigger than Jessica's pony. So he's happy to ride oh, it because it's bigger, yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's 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 better than her as far as he can see. Um, and that's the kind of bribe, or you know, he can borrow. That would pony. work for me too. Yeah, yeah I think so. Nice. I think so. You know. Um, how much help do you get then? You so, describe a very hands-on. Kid yeah, I mean, me. now I don't. Now the kids are at school, I don't get the help unless, you know, I'm very fortunate my family, my mum and dad live in the same village, pretty much about five minutes down the road. Um, So it was harder when they were much younger and I didn't have the childcare of school or nurseries. Um, And it's also quite difficult because Jessica's obviously on the lead rein because there's only a two and a half year gap between the children. So we had to push a push chair and lead a pony, um, which is fine when we're out hacking and at home, but away from home, you know, shows and things, I'd always have to get childcare for Harry. Um, So, you know, a lot of it was relying on other people to have him whilst we went out and about. Uh, now's not so bad, you know, he's at an age where he can sit and play, you know, yeah. whilst I'm doing things with Jessica and now she's off the lead rein. But again, you know, if I'm out and about at Pony Club or at shows, he now he can stay with Daddy to be fair. Yeah, so he can go and do boys. It's stuff more of a, yeah, it's yeah. more of a you know, if I'm away from home I need the help 
just because he's you know he can't be entertaining no and it's it's hard like if if i had to go and watch football all day long yeah. i might watch a few parts of the yeah match, but he gets very born gonna... he's like mommy i've got to do this and i'm like yeah i can't leave the eight-year-old child with the pony on her own you know for yes. me and I think it's quite difficult because obviously my husband's not horsey, so it's always me that it's does things with you. Jessica. It's all me because he couldn't tack up or do anything. Whereas Harry, you know, if it's a case of going to football, either of us could go. You know, yes. so it's always very much to do with the ponies is my side of things. Um, so yeah. Um, did you? Were you someone? Because you describe how busy and just your whole career yes. life was. Horses, did you think? my life will go on as normal yeah I have to say until I actually had my baby or had Jessica I did not realize what I was in for I'd kind of made up my hay nets whilst I was in labor written a whole list and just kind of assume I'd go in pop this baby out and come home again Um, I actually I stopped riding quite early on through pregnancy just because I suffered really badly with my hips and that was something which came as a real shock from having ridden ridden what seven or eight horses a day been very fit very active still quite young I think I was only 28 or so at the time I suddenly from 12 weeks couldn't walk um so you know that that was SPD SPD yeah and I struggled very badly also with my sickness um had to go into hospital on a drip and everything from five weeks to the day I had them so both both children so I kind of suffered big time um and it made life very difficult and so I didn't I didn't really enjoy my pregnancies no. I had to say and I did you know it was quite a shock because I felt that it would be a very easy thing you know fit young person just get pregnant have baby crack on um Jessica I actually went into labor clipping racehorses at, the oh, race, yeah. did. <laughs> at 34 weeks oh, uh, which was a little bit of a shock um and was one of those moments where I was a bit like uh, halfway through a horse and I was thinking, hmm, something's going you? on. And you I said, look, I need to get this horse finished, but I think I need to go. And uh, yeah, and then I waited for my husband to come home. I went, I think we just need to go to the hospital to check. And yeah, and she'd kicked a hole in my waters and they were like, baby's going to have to be delivered in the next, you know, two days. That was a little bit of a shock. So uh, next time round, when I was pregnant with Harry at 33 weeks, I told the race yard I was not clipping horses anymore. (laughs) I was not travelling an hour. And I was like, like, they kind of, when I messaged them, and still, by the way, I've had the baby. And they're like, well, you were only clipping like yesterday. I "I know. I said it was all fine, but I did go into labour whilst doing your last horse. And they were pretty shocked. But um, yeah, it was was quite entertaining. That's What would be your top tips if someone is like you know they've got their horse and their baby's imminently due? What would, what advice would you give to them? What top tips would you? Um, for me, I just found you know love it or hate it. I bottle fed my children, yes. and for me that was a big big thing. Jessica obviously was very early. I tried to breastfeed her, didn't work, and then I realised that. A baby that's fed is a baby that's not and we fell into this lovely routine i'm not a night person i need my sleep my husband is the opposite way around oh so it was amazing he could help out and i found i then had four hours in between feeds and sleeps to do something so for me it was a case of you know we timed our sleeps and everything like that and our feeding so she was fed at six o'clock in the morning you know after about 12 weeks obviously we're in a routine um 
But I always know she was fed at kind of six. I'd then go up and do the horses. I'd have four hours to fiddle about doing what I was doing. You know, obviously you baby came, she was safe, she wasn't yeah. going to be hungry. Um, and for me, that just enabled me time to do things. And also for like mum to step in and look after her or my husband to help because it just Someone meant that I could, you know, say, look, I'm going to go and clip two horses. I'm gone, you know, she might need one feed at X, Y, Z, but it just meant that I could have a routine. I think that's um, such a huge thing, especially for horsey women, because we do everything in a routine for the horses. Yes, and I think that's what helped actually having children. You know, I mean, children, everybody who has a baby knows that there's good points, bad points, hard points, you know, highs and lows. But I do have to say, I'm quite practical and quite routine like, you know, rain and shine, the horses go out at this time, you know, they always need doing. And I think that kind of set me up for motherhood that, you know, you have to get up at two o'clock in the morning, you have to feed them, you have to win them, you have to do whatever, go back to bed. And, you know, again, it's very routine like, and you know where you are, and you've just got to get on with it. You know, this yeah. whole lying in bed, staying in the house for weeks on end. You know, a lot of people said, oh, you have to get rid of your horses, you won't be able to work, you can't do this, you can't do that. And, you know, I think even the midwives, you know, the people that came around and visited, they were like, well, well you know, you obviously will turn up at this time. And I was like, well, I'm out at that time. Oh, you know, should, you. should you be out? You know, amazing? it's December, your baby's five weeks early, you know, and it was like, well, yeah, I'm busy. I'm a busy person. You know, you can come between these hours and I'll be home. But, you know, I think that it's was quite a what shock people to tell them. you, isn't it? Yeah. How, how they set you up almost to believe it's going to be. Yeah, because so I think hard. it was about two weeks that they were like, well, we'll just phone you and just drop in. And I was like, not for me, you're not, you know, yeah. this, I'm a busy person. I've got dogs to do, I've got horses to do, and I'm going back to work. And they were just like, well, when the baby comes, you know, that will all change. And it's like, well, yes, obviously it changes to a certain degree, but you're still, still getting well, out there and horses, doing something. Yeah, so they can't really not choice. be done. So no. it's a case of, um, it's, you know, it changes, but it's being realistic and it's being practical as to how you can do it, not why you can't do it, Yeah, um, was how I kind of got through, really. Were there any days where you just thought, oh, I give it all of, I give all of this up, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back home, we're going to stick up the telly, put the duvet on, <laughs> today is not today. No, I mean, I'd say, I, you know, for me, the pregnancy was the hardest, the hardest part. Time. And actually, from the minute I had them, my hips were then fine. Oh, so I wasn't sick again. Anymore. So, you know, to me, it was like, right, now the baby's here. Let's get a routine and crack on with life. Oh, bless you. Um, like horse that's had a wind off. You're suddenly like, I can breathe again. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so I think, and obviously, you know, we went on to have a second and that was all great. But it was a case of your life then changes and moves on and you're kind of always accommodating always learning you're always at that stage where once they can walk you can do this you know once they can do this oh you can now move on and yes. and it's you know it's just a kind of a roller coaster um but it's always you're always progressing you're always changing um but never at any moment was there a case of i'm giving up or i don't want to do this um, you. you've got so such a strong mental it's, attitude yeah I, th I think a lot of it say it's a lot of it's your personality and your attitude and say and it is having the help you know which I found was very a, a huge thing is having family close to be able to help you to give you yeah. that hour so I could go and do some work or you know go for a ride or do something just to give me that time of not being a mummy Yes. Just for an hour having my... So I was going to say, your horse involvement now, it has changed slightly. You're still yes. very involved because yeah. Jessica's got her lovely, super little, little pony, George. Um, but you don't get much opportunity to ride yourself. No, anymore. no. But I think, 
I was always one of these people, I gave up eventing pre-children. Um, I had a nasty fall round Wilton, one of the oh, local horse you. trials, on a young horse. Um, and I walked away, but my granddad was watching, my husband was watching, and my dad was watching. The horse hit the fence at the wrong time, had a rotation fall. And I walked away, but I, it, you know, it really made me think, would I do this? You know, my, everybody was there. Um, and yeah, I walked away from it, but I thought actually it was a, a slight career changing moment when I thought I've been there, Have you I've done that, that I've got nothing to prove. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe there is, you know, other things in life that I want to do. And that was actually at the turning point where I decided wow. that maybe I could have children or do something else, you know, That's have a amazing. new adventure. So yeah. Who knew that horse falling would have, yeah, such, would a have such a addiction. significant, yeah. So, um, um, if you could talk to pre-baby you, mm-hmm. would you would you change anything or would you warn of anything? Or um, would you just say, you'll love it, don't, you know, kick off? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't regret having the children or, you know, there's nothing. As I said, you know, the inventing was a big part of my life. I made some super friends, had some super horses, um, and I will never obviously lose that. But at the same time, you know, I kind of gave these events with the kids and, People come up to you and go, oh, don't you miss that? And I think, actually, no, I don't. You know, I don't miss the whole seven days a week, you know, peeing rain and having to work horses and being on the yard at three o'clock in the morning plaiting. And, you know, I don't miss that (laughs) anymore. (laughs) started in the frost. (laughs) Yeah, you know, spending all your money on horses. You know, it was great whilst it lasted. But I can kind of tick that box and say, been there, done that. And now I've got, you know, obviously Jessica, as long as she wants to do it, you know, I'll support her and... If she's still riding in a few years, you know, I might buy something that we can both ride and I'll produce something for her. But I certainly don't have the urge to go out there with something myself. You know, I wouldn't go back to eventing. I don't think I'm brave enough apart from that. Any, <laughs> it's, it's great. You went full throttle mm. when you had the opportunity to go yeah. full throttle. Yes. And I, you know, I get the impression from you, if you can't do it exactly you can't do it properly, do it. yeah. No, absolutely. And I, you know, I did a little bit of buying and selling. Um... But for me, I couldn't put my time, you know, full time and effort into these horses. Um, and as you say, if you can't do it properly, I'd rather not do it at all. And, you know, for me now, I'm actually earning money out of horses rather than spending money. Obviously, <laughs> Jessica spends a lot of money on her ponies. But, you know, instead of it being constantly looking oh, at the bank balance, going, oh, you know, got to expensive. spend it. Fifteen, no, absolutely, a hundred pound an entry fee to go venting, you know, and so you're sat there. So yeah, I think you know it's all very different. But obviously, I spend a lot of time clipping now, um, and I've had to kind of find something I can do with horses that makes money, but also works around the children. Yeah, which is um, such a big tie. It's when you've fe- got yeah, nine a.m. three p.m. pickups. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you kind of your yard jobs don't fit in um obviously I'm like my clipping so that fits in really well and obviously fits around my husband's job as well um and then having the yard here is a big you know big thing for me because it means that you know I've got four horses on livery um with also my daughter's pony but it means I can work from home the kids can be with me but because I'm not having to ride them it's not a huge tie there's um, not that time when you you, you know you, you you're not trapped away from them, but if no. the kids are playing up and you're sat on a horse, yeah, you, it's you can't split yourself no. in two. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, final question: uh, 
any more children or any horsey plans in your future? Uh, obviously no more children. <laughs> For me, that is <laughs> Two and done. definitely... I can't believe SPD, that was... Something. I know, I know, that was a bit of a shock. And, and you know, and it was very, very painful, you know, because I'm quite a tough person. And, you know, most things you... are like, oh, I just get on with it. Mm. But literally, you know, even walking, I couldn't walk, I couldn't get upstairs. I spent my whole time in the hospital having physio and acupuncture, you know, and it was horrendous. It wasn't just a little bit of backache. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, a, you know, I can't actually bend, I can't walk and I can't do anything, which, you know, for someone that's very active and also I still obviously had horses to do was quite hard work. Um, and the having the morning sickness was horrendous. Um, I'd literally get up, do horses, and then go back to bed and have a two and a half year old crawling around the house, you know, because I couldn't entertain her. And then it was my mum in the end said, Look, you cannot go on like this, you know, get admitted to hospital. So I went oh, in um, for a week and just sat there on a drip. And mum and uh, my husband had to take over looking after it's Jessica. So. Princess Kate has, isn't it? Yeah, so, so you know, and so again, I just thought all these people that are being sick, it can't be that bad. But you know, when you're that ill, it's a great level all day, every day, and you've tried everything. <laughs> like it's horses, just, oh, children are a good level. Absolutely, absolutely. So no, definitely, definitely no more children. Um, and as far as the horses go, as I said, you know, when Jessica gets older, if she wants something, you know, I'll produce it for her. Um, yeah. So it's quite fun. We're going off to do our first little hunter trials together. Um, there's a little pair in a few months, oh, so that would be because she's obviously coming off the lead rein. Um, and so it would be her first hunter trials off the lead rein. And I thought, rather than mummy run, I'm going to go and borrow a pony and oh, ride around that's with her. Good. So that Someone's I can actually nice keep, keep up with her. Yeah, so, so it's all changing and all fun. But, um, you know, I, I kind of say don't regret any of it. But, you know, obviously there are days yeah. that are hard when you think, I could just go out for a ride now. And you just, like, got your two kids and you can't go for a ride. Or, you know, you think, oh, do you know what, I'd quite like to go and do this. And you can't. But at the same time... You know, it's just being able to manage what you've got and be grateful for what you've got and oh, always find a solution, you know, friends. Those are the, you know, you make different friends once you've had children and, you know, I've got a couple of really good friends um, that I've met along the way because they're like-minded and they understand. Um, and yes. I think it's understanding what, you know, difficult children or, you know, just having children full stop, what it's like, you know, until you've had them very hard to explain to your friend that you know still kind of going I think to you said week. earlier yeah. no I didn't really want children none of my horsey friends wanted children no and in fact none now have children um so it is quite the sort of well I don't know what to do with him when he's crying or yeah. you know they're sort of placing him in front of them like I'm Rose <laughs> and I would have been the same until yeah. you have a child yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very hard to understand the big change. Yeah. Yeah, and no, absolutely. Yeah, you don't believe that anything could be quite that. that well, surely you'd just pop him in a place, place and there and ride him next there. Day. Yeah. It's like, hmm, <laughs> climbing out quite quick. Yeah, I know, absolutely. But say, it all kind of changes, doesn't it? It's from, you know, everybody's like, oh, you're at the easy phase. And I'm like, well, it's a baby and it doesn't cry, but I've only got a few hours. And mm. And then you're at the stage where they can actually feed themselves and do things. And you're like, oh, surely this gets I easier. But then they start stage. to move and you're just like, you can't stick them, you know, in the push chair and ride around them. Um, so, you know, things constantly change and then they get bored and don't want to be with the horse. You know, it's just like, at some point, you're just like, you'll get there. <laughs> yes. It'll, that is, I think it'll all fall to place and, you know, it it'll will get, get easier. <laughs> and I, I 
think that's so important the knowing it might feel like this at this point but it gets easier absolutely it gets better and in fact you almost can't, you can't imagine life without them after no and I kind of look at the way you know yes they have their old days where they moan if it's cold and everything but then you look at the lifestyle they have you know up at the farm and sitting in muddy puddles and grooming ponies and you know just being around animals all day and you just think you know what lucky kids to have this life you know go after school just pack up the ponies and go for a ride around the farm and enjoy the countryside and see the birds and you know just do things like that um you know they are very lucky so it works it is a brilliant lifestyle for them they don't know it yet they don't know it yet um (laughs) but but they they will will they will appreciate it (laughs) Gemma, thank you so much for your time that's okay that's absolutely brilliant so that was my first interview for child pony sleep repeat Um, And it was a chat with eventer Gemma Hart. I hope featuring someone with such a can-do, will-do attitude inspires new parents and new mums. I have to admit, I myself definitely struggled in those early days and I wish I'd had that drive for a routine. I'd sold my own horse and I'd also sold the racehorse that I'd had before having Albie and I definitely lacked in that need to get out the house by a certain time to make sure the horses were fed or turned out or brought in or whatever stage they were at. I do think a routine would have helped me a lot and my mental health. Um, I I breastfed my son Albie um, and sometimes just getting out of the house felt like an absolute mountain to climb. I wish I'd known Gemma earlier and had a bit more of a idea that maybe you can make a routine around feeding children and it's not just a case of being on demand no matter what because that's what best um I do think that fed is best in every single circumstance um and it's something to bear in mind when you just feel everything's on top of you and you can't leave the house because it's not it's not going to work with baby and baby's feeding times. I think some babies are like a lot more settled for actually having to go with it as opposed to me and what I did, which was just whatever baby wanted, whenever he wanted it. Until I got given Bob, um, my lovely cob, and then all of a sudden he had to fit in more with Bob's schedule and I was so much happier and suddenly becoming a mum was a lot easier for me um horses really are the center of everything for me and it comes across as the same for a lot of the mums that i'll be speaking to in this series hi guys how are you all doing um Rosie has asked me to come on and do a segment on her podcast called tales from the falling unit um, so my name's Elaine and I have been following mares for about 12 years now for major thoroughbred operations in the UK and Ireland. So I've come across a few things and she would like me to just now and again, just give you a few stories of what happens. Um, so this week she has picked the topic of locking at the hips um what is locking at the hips it kind of says it itself it's when the foal's hindquarters can't pass through the pelvic passage 
for whatever reason that may be. It may be that the foal is too large. It may be that it's quite a narrow mare. Or also could be that she's had a previous pelvis injury, like a broken pelvis. And when they lie down, it instantly narrows it again. Um, This issue is... Look, you're not going to come across it very often. Um, It's not a common occurrence. But when you do, it's something that you will not be able to tell prior to falling if you if you know your mare's had a broken pelvis you can be prepared for it but you won't know until she is falling so until the normal things have occurred until your front feet your head your shoulders and your barrel have passed and then you'll get to the hips and then it will be stuck it should be contracting and it won't be moving um what can you do to assist this you can First, call your vet and have them en route. There's no harm in having your vet on the way. Um, And then mares are very clever. They're very smart, actually. She will contract and she'll probably be putting in jerking movements to to give her try and get herself a bit of space and to try and get that small little jerking movement to hopefully just pop that hip of the foal to get out past her pelvis. Um, and you to assist her, you can take her, take the foal's front legs and pull down towards the mare's hocks and hind feet. Um, this will bring the foal into the larger part of the mare's pelvic passage. It would be the natural flow of foaling. So that is the, the direction you want to aim for. Um, but definitely important to have your vet on the way and definitely important not to panic. Don't panic. Um, have have some lube, lubricant with you just in case she's going at it a while if you're waiting for the vet to come. But a lot of the time they're very, very clever and a mare will, should be able to help herself. And with assistance from you, always have people there to back you up if you think it's going wrong. Um, extra people around is not a bad thing. Um, but important to be pulling with her contractions. Um, that's when you will have the most movement. Um, what else can I tell you really about it? That is it, I think. It's not something you'll come across very often. Remember, only 5% of foalings have an issue. Most of them are pretty straightforward. And then you have the odd thing that crops up. And usually they're not normal. And the only people that come across most of the time with people that are falling a lot of horses um you're very unfortunate to have something go wrong if you have just one mare um but always have your vet on on call and on way and if you get out before they get there it doesn't matter at least you've been prepared um but yeah it's just it's not something that you will come across too often but when you do just know the main things are your mare will tell you as well they often are very clever they know when something is wrong um and she'll she'll be trying to tell you with her with the way she's contracting and pushing um yeah I think that's all I've got for you we actually had one of the following you know only probably about a month ago and it was an older mare quite a big mare but she's narrow um and that she not known to have any previous pelvis issues but um yeah, for an older mare, she had quite a big foal. She's a bit narrow and 
we we just had to she was clever enough to be jerking movement while she was contracting we pulled the fold down towards the hocks and got it out um yeah that's all I can really tell you on this one guys um but I'm sure Rosie will give me another topic soon and I can give you another little um few hints and tips maybe if anyone's got any ideas of something a tale they'd like to hear about I've seen quite a lot so um maybe send her a, a message on her Instagram page and we can think of something else she'd like to talk about so I hope that gave you something interesting to think about and listen to. Um, I find listening to Elaine's stories and the knowledge that she's gained over the years working foaling just incredible because what we forget um, is that whilst we're having a baby, we can tell the midwives, we feel this or we feel that or that's sore or can I have this? Whereas Elaine's job is to figure out exactly what's going on through looking, assessing, figuring out all these different things without any help or indication apart from her previous knowledge and experience. So she is a great person to listen to when thinking and looking into foldings. Um, And I'll look forward to thinking of more topics for her in the upcoming weeks. And if you can think of anything, definitely send us an Instagram message. Um, Our Instagram is at child.pony.sleep.repeat. So to finish the first episode of Child, Pony, Sleep, Repeat, I'd like to introduce my better half, my husband Josh. Josh is without doubt the person I rely on to help me make decisions when I'm not sure what to do for the best. This week I'm going to ask him how he felt about me riding whilst pregnant, especially as I'm regularly in need of a chiropractor. Hi boy. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> can't just smile at me it won't pick up um so how did you feel about me riding whilst pregnant with Albie the first time around um I suppose the first time uh you're you're, you're always quite unsure as to um how you how you'll feel going going through pregnancy and if I remember rightly um you didn't really have a great deal of sickness. You didn't really have a great deal of joint pain and bits and bobs. Um, and how old was? Did you just have Bob just then? No. So I thought I was thinking about this when I was pregnant with Al. I just sold Orla, and the only horse that we I had to ride was Badger. Um, oh yeah. And uh, all of the work horses had been roughed off for the spring, pretty much by the time. I think yeah. I was 12 weeks. Yeah, so um, in fairness, I think we probably discussed that riding a train in a racehorse probably wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> uh, albeit, I knew that inevitably you would want to ride um, someone's horse just to keep your sanity, really. Um, but uh, yeah, Badger, I didn't really. He seemed like a gentleman, didn't he? Um, and I, but he's certainly not the type of horse like Bob is. I can't imagine him looking after you. It was too stupid. No, uh, he sort of had a select reverse gear, didn't he? Every now and again. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I just it was just it was just a racehorse. So whereas like now, um, it wouldn't concern me in the slightest if you were riding 
bob on a little happy hack right the way through to literally you can't get on him <laughs> um, hopefully it will be the case um do so we have got albie he's mm. four um and we're really lucky where we live and work is on the same estate um you prefer to have albie whilst i'm riding but would you mind if we had a, had an arena here if i had him sat nearby whilst i rode or would you feel uh, no because you're quite good at training uh, you know him or whoever you've got with you whether it's your dogs or little out that when the horses are moving from a to b they have to be in a safe place mm. so you know obviously we are massively lucky without that he he does just want to go off and self amuse and dig and do whatever little boys want to do um but it would bother me more if it was like carnage down there with other people yeah. the fact that it's just you and you know exactly the route you're going to take to move your horses from a to b and whenever that happens you are very conscious of what is their vehicles is their dogs is their you know whatever they might be which might distract them even though they are trustworthy at the end of the day they are unpredictable in their own right you can predict them but other like owl couldn't and a dog couldn't so no it, it wouldn't worry me in the slightest sort of thing um i only take him with me because i you know that he does get bored and he does play you up at times yeah, sort of thing just bored. like i say you know mucking out has its limits as a entertainment value for a four-year-old but um you know i think um he enjoys coming out with me and i enjoy having him with me and you know i miss his company if he's sometimes not with us so um like i say it's uh it, it works for us but i think um if you were in another yard and there were other people about it would bother me more you know? yeah I, which I, is don't, I don't i don't know you can't predict other people. Uh, yeah you can't predict other people and let's face it that's you know people are so engrossed in their own horse from my they aren't considering where is your child they they would you know no, they, quite rightly like well yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no but they're, they're not they're not always thinking where's rosie's kid what's no and the, yeah and the, if the, that's what i mean if it was a rented yard if if, I, if you didn't have kids and someone took the four-year-old down there you'd come home and you'd be pissed at you'd be pissed <laughs> yeah, off yeah probably. you know it'd be like why is that why is that woman taking a child down there i've i've Whereas, like now, obviously, you've got your own kids, totally different. You know, oh, everyone should be, you know, looking where children are. Yeah, know, and uh, helping and yeah. keeping an eye on it. We are lucky because um, I've actually just bought a digger and a dumper set so that he can move sand around. Childs. Childs. Digger. digger yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> so that um, Alb can move sand around between sand pits, and I'm hoping that might make mucking out a bit more fun for him. Just because you're going to get super busy soon. Mm. Um. Would you have a strong opinion on jumping whilst pregnant? Um, again, my opinion would be, um, I suppose, persuaded by who, which horse you were on. You know, we've got three horses available to you to ride at the minute. Bob, nice you. Mm. You know, I, 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 you tell me about these hedges that he jumps on, and I just can't believe it myself. It's <laughs> such a, uh, uh, you know. Let's face it, it's something that pops a rail and then looks knackered. But, you know, I've seen photo evidence, so I do believe you. But um, <laughs> you tell me about Luca being a little bit more um, jazzy. Um, yeah, jazzy's um, a good you word. Know, and that, that, that strikes a few alarm bells, I suppose, as a um, husband to a pregnant wife. And Finn, I, I don't trust as far as I could throw him. So um, in answer to your question, 
No, it doesn't worry me. And you would ignore me if I gave my opinion in some <laughs> ways as well. But I suppose from, um, uh, you know, from a bloke's point of view, it would be, um, yeah, it would be more thoughtful than, than any other aspect because it's such a long way to fall. You yeah, know? and speed. let's face it, where we live and work, the ground is bloody hard. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I love you, you're at that age where you don't bounce so Oh, well, give them you know. <laughs> Um, like but me. you are right, it's circumstantial, isn't it? Am I going to take Bob to pop some knobs, yeah. logs? Or yeah, am I right. going to take Lucas schooling over cross-country fences? Is it yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or, you know, whatever, like, um, go for a hack and all of a sudden you see a hedge that I've laid and you think, I'll just give it a go, or, mm. you know, whatever it might be. Which I know you wouldn't do, but that those are the sorts of things that, that cross your mind Yeah. As a, as a as a dad. especially Yeah, especially as you can't always predetermine the outcome and it'd be horrible if it all went wrong so yeah it's, it's a completely fair thing to worry about um last question i've got for you would there be a cut-off point in your head where i'd stop riding or do you just think well, you'll know you should be too uncomfortable yeah to no off? you it, it I, i'm well i'm obviously well right back on that because you do know you know you know in yourself whether you've enjoyed it or not mm. um and that's what it comes down to from my point of view in that um, you know, you own a horse because you enjoy having a horse and you enjoy riding him. And I know there were times in the winter when you know uh, Bob was getting quite a lot of work. You didn't want to ride him, and you didn't get any pleasure out of it because you felt as though he needed assistance in other ways, whether it was through you know a little bit of chiropractic work or whatever it might be. And I know that from your point of view, you'd be thinking about yourself and the horse's welfare. Mm. You know, it probably. Yeah, I don't want to squish him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that really coming. I didn't. You know, I'm sure he'd be capable of carrying an extra extra little bumper on him I don't think he'd even notice but um yeah it, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't worry me at all it wouldn't worry me at all I think you know as uh, when when's the right time for you the and, day when um, I get you to come and lift me off might be the day when it's the yeah I'd be more <laughs> concerned over my back than boss <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right well thank you very much my okay, boy no that's very good so there we have it this is the first complete episode of child pony sleep repeat i hope you've enjoyed it i hope new mums have gotten something out of it i hope mums who currently have children are looking at things slightly differently or happy with how they got back to horses or are planning to get back to horses and maybe in introducing certain elements will help them um please get in touch if you have any thoughts or questions or things for me to consider in the future all feedback is really appreciated um and any topics that you'd like covered or any people that you think would be brilliant to interview would be fantastic uh i look forward to seeing what everyone has to say the best way to get in contact at the moment from this first episode is Instagram. It is under child.pony.sleep.repeat. Um, and there's also a mobile number and an email address you should be able to contact me on. The email address is child.pony.sleeprepeat at hotmail.com. And the phone number you can send a WhatsApp to is 077 
0.58. So I look forward to any WhatsApps, um, pictures, videos, funny stories. Um, I'd love to be, read them out at the start of each episode. So if you've got anything that you think, oh, this is really relevant to people who need to hear it's not all sunshine and roses, but it can be great and it can be funny. I would love that. Um, looking forward to reading some reviews. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Child Pony Sleep Repeat. Keep an eye for us on Mondays, hopefully arriving in your nearest podcast download app. And remember, happy horse, happy mum, and therefore, happy kids.